A lot of motorcycles on the road these days, you know, gas prices. And there are those who will tell you motorcycles are not practical because you can't ride in the rain. Eventually, you're going to have to learn because nature will ensure that you can't be a fair weather rider. The same thing applies to citizenship. Sometimes you have to ride through the storm. And that's the truth. From TNN, the Truth News Network. And here to warm up the saddle is Dan Newman. Here's a suggestion, just a suggestion this Friday morning to get you started. Instead of just sitting back and crying, oh me, oh me, all the things that are so egregious in your life, especially today, politics, oh my gosh, what are these men and women thinking that are supposed to be governing us? And it seems like they don't give a rip about us. It's all about them. And it starts at the White House. What are we going to do? What can we do? Well, there are many things that we can do. In fact, there are many things that we should do. And we probably, in large part, should have already done some of them. But we've just continued to rely on the process. The process. Now, the process that our forefathers created to run this nation are absolutely fail-safe. They're really, really good. But what happened to us is there is a political class in the nation, and it's been here since the very beginning. And they just determined, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to take some of that power that we gave to those people out there across the nation. We're going to start pulling it back a little bit at a time, election after election, And it's going to be so small in each election, nobody's ever going to notice it. And before long, we'll be in the driver's seat, and they'll not even recognize it until it's too late. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. And for those of you in other parts of the world, it's not morning, but good day. Whichever time zone you find yourself in, we have an audience of... um, a lot of people, not just here in the United States, not just in the English-speaking countries. And we're glad about that. We're glad that you have the opportunity. Do you know that every country on the planet, except for two, have the ability and receive through the air truthnewsnet.org and TNN Live every day? If the country has internet, it goes there. Now, those two countries, which two are they? China, and Russia. And Russia formerly was one of our biggest supporters, people over there. Hundreds of people listened every day. And it it was that way for years until the day of the Ukrainian invasion when Vladimir Putin pulled the plug. And we're no longer seeing any listeners from Russia. That's sad. But for about three years, Russians were listening And hopefully all the seeds that we planted in conjunction with many of you stuck. And they got just enough to understand, even though we have problems, even though we don't have it all straight, we're trying. And we the people are going to keep trying until we get it all put in place. Much to share with you this morning, much to get going. We're going to turn to Stephen A. Smith in just a few minutes. 
He's a sports expert. If you don't think so, just ask him. But he's getting out of his lane this morning. (laughs) And he got over in the political lane. Gets a little gregarious in what you'll hear from him in a few minutes. And we have so many others. You're going to hear from former President Donald Trump. You're going to hear about something really egregious happening out on the West Coast that involves a group of police officers, 10 of which have been arrested by the FBI. So much more on this Friday. But let me just suggest we do something. Let's kind of push all that stuff to the side for just a minute. And normally, I'd play a song here that would be real quiet and calming. Uh Uh-uh. Not so much today. We're going to hear from the man about the man song. Remember this? Ladies and gentlemen, the man song. I don't take no crap from anybody else but you. I wear the pants around here when I finish with your laundry. Cause I'm a guy you don't want to fight. When I say jump, you say you're yeah, right. I'm the man of this house until you get home. He's the man. He's the man. What I say goes around here right out the window. And I don't want to hear a lot of whining, so I'll shut up. The sooner you learn who's boss around here, the sooner you can give me my orders, dear. Because I'm head honcho around here, but I call him my head. He's the man. He's the man. And I can have sex any time that you want. Because I'm a man who has needs, but they're not that important. And don't expect any flowers from me, because if I'm not mistaken, you prefer jewelry. I'm the king of my castle when you're not around. Drink and watch sports whenever I want to get in trouble. And I'll come home when I'm good and ready to sleep on the couch. Cause a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do, and I'm gonna do what you tell me to because I'm top dog around here, but I've been neutered. You the man. You the man. You're the man. I guess every man can identify with that. Maybe we don't actually say those things under our breath like the man just did. But if we're not saying it, it's for certain (laughs) in those circumstances we're thinking it. So I decided to play a good song for you. And in light of everything we're facing, this is a good song. So, a real song, not just a parody. Uh, It's good to be alive.
surround me in my life. I'm really happy. I'm fulfilled. I have joy in my heart. I just feel pretty darn good about most everything in spite of all this political stuff. And I'm not denigrating it. I'm certainly not putting down the importance of everything and everybody that's in it. That'll never change. Leadership is absolutely critical. Good leadership we really need to find it. And we're struggling right now. We've got a bunch of people up there that are supposedly being our leaders, and they're just walking around in circles, doing the same things over and over and over and over, expecting different results. You know, that insanity thing. So I don't need to tell you this, but the Biden family is in a deep, deep bad place right now. I don't see any way they crawl out of this hole gracefully. I don't think it's going to happen. I think what we're watching and what we will be watching very closely for the next one year, three and a half months. Think about that. That's a long time. A year, three months, and then two weeks. We don't vote until then. That's the November 2024 election. We're going to have to keep going over this stuff again and again and again every day. And so we have the Joe stuff. We have the Hunter stuff. We have the Donald Trump stuff. We have the DeSantis stuff. We have all of that. We got Kamala Harris. Did I tell you we got Joe Biden? (laughs) I did. And so this Hunter Biden stuff, it just won't go away. Every day now, it seems like there's one more piece of big news, revelation, bombshell, implicates somebody. Most of the time, it's somebody in the Democrat Party, and most of the time, it's in the Joe Biden family line, or as we call them now, the Biden family syndicate. Nothing different about that today. There's more of it than you can imagine. 
So, many Americans on the right side of the aisle, you got that? I'm not talking about leftists. I'm talking about those of us conservatives on the right side of the aisle, even if you're not a Republican and you're conservative. We are tempted, and many times we succumb to the temptation to just pile on and exhaust far too much of our resources worrying about Hunter Biden. I guess basically I'm thankful he's not in politics and not the president of the United States. Can you imagine what that would be like? Stephen A. Smith, an expert pretty much on everything about sports. Uh, He's been on ESPN for years. Stephen A. Smith weighed in. Now, he's not an expert in politics. He's not an expert in law. But he's just like you and I. He has an opinion on Hunter Biden. And he wants to share it with you. So are you ready? Shut up! Will you stop with the nonsense? Hey guys, I'm off the grid for August, but here's a generic intro to a clip we wanted to show you. He's the president's son. And short of physically harming somebody else, he's not going to jail. And oh, by the way, the Republicans in the House want to be in an uproar. They want to be apoplectic because, my God, preferential treatment was accorded to the son of the president of the United States of America. Why the hell wouldn't preferential treatment be accorded to the son of the president of the United States? If I'm the commander in chief, I'm in charge of law enforcement throughout the country. The head of the Justice Department is appointed by me. State attorney generals and beyond answer to the Justice Department or the state attorney generals. Why wouldn't I have an inside track? Why wouldn't I have inroads? I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying, why are we walking around acting like we're aghast over this? Shut up. Will you stop with the nonsense? Oh, my God, money shouldn't matter, but it does. Context, I mean, context shouldn't matter, but it does. Nothing's going to happen to Hunter Biden. And oh, by the way, Hunter Biden, who was on crack, is not the president. His daddy is. And his daddy, who said that, he said, went behind closed doors, some secret tape revealed by TMZ or something. Vice President Biden told that to the media. And now years later, we want to use that as an excuse to impeach him just because everybody went after Trump. We're the pawns. We're the ones not getting things done for us. I'm talking white, black, and everybody in between under the stewardship of our government on Capitol Hill who seems to do a far greater job of servicing themselves than servicing all of us as the American people. That is the crime. What we really need to do as American citizens is say to one another, despite our differences, Let's come together and demand that they stop wasting our money on petty bull and that they go about the business of getting the work done on Capitol Hill. That's what we really, really, really should be coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty emotional, Stephen A. You got it right. I mean, 
There's not a lot we can do, is there? So what should we do? Shut up! <laughs> Just shut up. Uh-uh. I'm not going to do it. I am not going to do it, Stephen. And you've got so many followers that swallowed that that video that we just stripped the audio off of and played. A lot of people are listening to you, and a lot of people believe that, and what you said was dangerous. You said, basically, we just have to accept illegal actions from those that we elect and send to D.C. What they do doesn't matter. They're just who they are. We're who we are. We just got to sit down and shut up. But it doesn't work that way. What do you mean? Doesn't work that way. Well, flip the mar- flip it over. Flip the narrative over. What if that was four years ago, and it was Donald Trump Jr. Would Stephen A. Smith still be saying the same thing? You and I both know. No way. No way. Wouldn't happen. We can't live in a world where all of the righteousness, all of the legal structure. All of the accountability is just not in it. It's not anywhere to be found. It has to be injected into our lives, and everybody has got to be held accountable for all that's within it. That's what makes us different from North Korea and communist China, even places like Vietnam and Cambodia, Russia, even Northern Africa. We're different. But people like Stephen A. Smith are trying to normalize the fact that we're supposed to just let everything go and fly by the seat of our pants and let everybody else do the same thing and nobody gets held accountable. Just because somebody's doing it. And that makes it okay. If my mother, when I was growing up, told me one time She told me a hundred times when I would say to her, when she's telling me, you can't do that, Danny Edward. Bet you didn't know that was my middle name, did you? Most people don't know my real first name is Danny. And there are about three people on the planet that still call me Danny. But nobody calls me Edward. Anyway, if she said to me once she said this a hundred times, if your friends go jump off a bridge... Are you just going to go jump off a bridge because they do? We have to hold each other accountable. We need to take responsibility for ourselves. And we should expect others to hold us accountable for what we do and not do that we should be doing. And also for what we say. And just telling everybody else to shut up is not the way to success with other people. If there's no structure, if there's no law, if there's no accountability, even if there is a bunch of law, but nobody's held accountable, you don't have a nation. You have a mob. Look at the mob coast to coast today that's doing their darndest to run every part of your life and mine and normalize it and tell us over and over again, hey, Bidenomics, you're doing wonderful out there. Oh, my gosh. Look what we've done for the nation. Yeah, we see it. Three trillion more dollars in debt 
because of money that you spent that we did not have. And of that, hundreds of billions of dollars of it, close to a trillion, was wasted. Why could it be wasted? How could it be wasted? No accountability. None whatsoever. Well, you probably heard yesterday, if you were with us, President Trump, he made an announcement that he's got a major news conference he's going to hold on Monday. And in that news conference, he's going to present hardcore proven evidence that will exonerate him from every one of the charges against him in Georgia. But things changed overnight. He canceled it. He's no longer going to hold a media conference next week to address that fourth indictment. And his reasoning is because of the advice of legal counsel as he's getting ready to face trial in two other matters that are totally separate. Trump first went public with a promised media event earlier this week predicting a complete exoneration following the presentation of what Trump called a large, complex, detailed but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud which took place in Georgia. Now the press event has been canceled per a request from his lawyers. Rather than releasing the report on the rigged and stolen Georgia 2020 presidential election on Monday, my lawyers would prefer putting this, I believe, irrefutable and overwhelming evidence of election fraud and irregularities in formal legal filings as we fight to dismiss this disgraceful indictment. Trump wrote that yesterday on Truth Social in announcing the cancellation. He had announced he would be holding the event hours after a Georgia grand jury voted to charge him and others late Monday in what they allege was a sweeping conspiracy to illegally overturn the results of the 2020 election and stop the transition of power. The first former president in U.S. history to be indicted. Trump also faces criminal charges in Florida over his handling of those classified documents and his efforts to obstruct the investigation, alleged efforts, as well as in New York in connection to hush money payments allegedly made to women during his 2016 campaign. Those events, those cases that I just mentioned to you, let me predict something to you. Not a single one, no matter what the content in those allegations are, nothing of those will stick when the shining light of the rule of law takes a gander at it all. Did you get that? I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I'm not a lawyer of any kind. I'm just a regular old guy. But I'm very literate. Now, I'm not talking about being smart, not being uneducated. I'm not talking about that. I am a literal person where I looked at things and I put them in order. I put them in the context of reality as compared to non-reality, truth as compared to lies. And I've already done all that with each of the counts inside these four indictments of the former president. I don't believe any of it's going to stick. And you know who else thinks that? 
Democrats in leadership in Congress, they're scared to death. Scared to death. And now almost daily, something new pops up that's bad for President Biden and or members of his family. I know you heard the big one yesterday. You know which one I'm talking about. Apparently, you remember we told you former President Barack Obama when Hillary Clinton had that secret server in her house? He had his own private Google email address, did the president, Barack Obama. And he communicated back and forth with his then Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton, using that Google email address he had. Even knowing when he did it, he was break. Every time he sent or received one, an email or a text from that server, he was breaking federal classified law, as was Hillary. No accountability there for either one of those two. They just walked scot-free. Joe Biden, well, he had his own pseudonym, a private email. And he was communicating on really serious matters with a bunch of other people while he was doing it. And this all came out yesterday. All right, President Biden is meeting with Japan's prime minister and South Korea's president today at Camp David. But all eyes remain on his son, Hunter Biden, after a federal judge yesterday dismissed his misdemeanor tax charges and Republicans worked to uncover Biden's alleged involvement in Hunter's overseas business dealings, who he has spoken of many times with our next correspondent. And Peter Ducey is live from the White House. Hey, Peter, happy Friday. Happy Friday. President Biden is waking up at Camp David today. He is going to have a limited press availability later on with the leaders of Japan and South Korea. And maybe somebody out in the crowd will ask about the latest lawsuit. It was filed against the CIA by Judicial Watch. Uh, They want records that are going to help figure out how they quickly at the CIA cleared that now infamous letter signed by 50 plus Intel officials who all insisted Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, something that we now know is not true. And something that a majority of voters think shows laws being broken. The new Fox poll says 50% think Hunter's business dealings were illegal, 36% say unethical. And we are still learning a lot about how then Vice President Biden's office operated. As the House Oversight Committee says, they found Joe Biden's private email alias, Robert L. Peters. I believe that one reason that Hunter was CC'd on those emails where Joe Biden was using a fake name is so Hunter could prove to the Ukrainian oligarch, look, help is on the way. Who do you think they were referring to when they were talking to Hunter Biden, who they said was dumber than their dogs, who was a drug addict, who had no experience, that we need help from Washington? Who do you think they were talking about? But a lot of this was litigated more than a decade ago. The Obama-Biden spokesman publicly explained at the time that aliases are commonplace and he explained why. If they are inundated in one account with uh, either public emails or spam or the like that they can continue to uh, use their other account for uh, normal work. If somebody uses an email alias like then Vice President Biden apparently did, those emails are still subject to FOIA. So if he was trying to hide something, he would essentially be hiding it in plain sight, at least 
in this case. Back to you. Right, and and the way I read the story, Peter, it was also a federal government agency website, so it's not like he, you know, was was doing anything off the books. But has, don't a lot of people in D.C. do this? Yeah, as I understand it, just about everybody, uh, everybody's boss in D.C., all the elected officials have some version of this. And there is a wide range uh, when it comes to alias stories. It's uh, This is not like a private account outside a server where your name is Carlos Danger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, which was around the same time as this. Uh, yeah. They have very plain names that nobody would uh, think to pick out if they got like uh, an email directory right. of a whole office. Well, Peter, why did it take the this oversight committee eight months to figure out kind of a no-brainer that's a great question they uh, they say that they will uh, explain it as they as they get the info so mm-hmm. we'll wait for that one other thing uh peter we've asked you a million times where hunter biden lives yeah because it looks yeah. like he lives there and the washington post came out with something overnight yeah they had an item that uh, after the plea deal that just fell apart was initially announced uh, hunter biden his wife and their son came and stayed at the white house for about two weeks and uh, the Washington Post is also reporting uh, overnight that the day the deal was falling apart, Biden aides built a bunch of time into his schedule so that he yeah. could keep track of uh, what was going on in Wilmington. They uh, also apparently, according to this report, made a conscious effort to keep President Biden away from the press. They did not want him exposed at all at any kind of an event that whole day uh, because they, they didn't want him reacting to something yep. uh, before they had time. And uh, he still has not reacted to the appointment of a special counsel or the elevation of David Weiss as a special counsel to look into uh, his son's uh, allegations of his son's wrongdoing. Yeah, and they also say they are glad they kept his schedule open that day. It was on July 26 because the plea deal collapsed, prolonging Hunter's legal issues. They said there was particular concern in the West Wing that day because First Lady Jill Biden was traveling out of the country, leaving the president without his primary source of support. And, and Peter, you, so the White House made a concerted effort to keep him away from the press. And then when you came back from maternity leave a week ago, uh, he sees you, he waves you over, and you had to jump over a bike rack. And I, I would imagine the White House is going, well, what is happening? We're trying to keep those guys away from him. Uh, well, it's their whole job to control the message, but uh, sometimes he wants to get the word out, so yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. He's the that's president. When he yeah. says, no, I want to talk to Peter Ducey, they have to let him. Because I need to tell somebody they've got a lousy question. I, there's a lot of that going around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peter, thank you. If you, if you don't laugh, <laughs> you're going to cry. All of this stuff, so many moving pieces and parts to the saga going on in the Biden family syndicate or the Robert L. Peters, Robert R. Peters family. How did he come up with that name, Robert R. Peters? Do you have a pseudonym? Do you do you keep any email addresses that uh, nobody could look at the address and tag it to you? I've got a couple of them. You remember back when we all got CB radios in our cars? That was so cool. We could communicate with each other. We didn't have to pull off the interstate and use uh, a pay telephone. That was so cool. Well, you had what we call back then a handle. So what was your CB handle? Don't laugh now. I'm going to tell you mine. Mine was Sneaky Pete. 
Sneaky Pete. <laughs> don't ask me where it came from. I don't even remember. But I still, to this day, I have an old email address that has that as part of it. And the other one that I, I still use, my Gmail account, my Gmail account starts with Big Newbie, B-I-G-N-E-W-B-Y. Now, obviously, my last name is Newman, so there's kind of some of the last name in there, and I'm kind of a big guy, so that would fall the reason. How did I come up with that? I don't have a clue. <laughs> I don't even remember. So he's Robert L. Peters, and I bet you every morning somebody has to lean over at least once in the morning and say, uh, Mr. President, remember when you're sending and receiving these emails, Robert L. R. Robert R. Peters, Robert L. Peters, whichever one it is, it's you. It's you. So you need to protect that. Don't just let anybody and everybody know about it. And when they tell him that, he leans over and says, you know what it feels like when you need to use the bathroom really, really bad? Yes, sir, I know. Well, would you feel of me and see if I need to use the bathroom really, really bad? <laughs> that was tacky. He is the president. Come What's on, What's the biggest Dan? number you can think of? A trillion, billion, zillion. That's pretty big. How about you? Ten. Okay. How about you? Infinity. Can you top that? Infinity and one. Actually, we are looking for infinity plus infinity. Sorry. What about infinity times infinity? <laughs> it's not complicated. Bigger is better. And AT&T has the nation's largest 4G network. You need brake pads? We have brake pads. Like dependable brake pads. Quieter brake pads. Longer life brake pads. And performance brake pads. At AutoZone, we have all the brake pads you need so you can get the job done right. Get in the zone, AutoZone. So you guys grew up together? Yeah, since third grade. What are you looking at? I wasn't not looking at it. We're not good enough for you. You look for something else? No, I, just, I don't know. What, what are you, big supermodels? Oh, yeah. us. Supermodels. What are you modeling, gloves? What are you doing? A girl's totally into me. Right? Eat a Snickers. Why? Because you get a little angry when you're hungry. Better? Better. So, ladies. So, losers. Stacy, relax. I'm sorry. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black, flavored lattes and iced coffee. Fake news, spin, anger, violence. How do you sort through the chaos? You tune in to TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnews.org. I've got a friend out in California, pretty good friend. He uh, is a pastor of the largest church in the state of uh, New Mexico. Smotherman is his last name, Smotherman. And I was just thinking about him during that break. I was listening 
kind of in my head to the break, but I was thinking more about what's going on out there. What can you imagine living right now as Joe Biden must be living? He wakes up every morning. He lives all day and until he goes to bed at night, he lives in a world full of nothing but chaos. So many moving parts. I really feel sorry for him often because he obviously has some mental and emotional issues. And I'm not denigrating him for it. He is the president of the United States. Before that, vice president for eight years. And before that, about 50 years was in the U.S. Senate. So he's accomplished some really big things in his life. But he's not exempt from the chaos and confusion that comes just with being alive at this particular time in history. Just imagine if you had as many things on your plate, very important things that impact millions of people. Every day you got a whole plate full of them and you got to do some stuff with it. You, you rely on those that schedule you and they talk to you about things that you should say and not say. You get that. But at the end of the day, you're still the boss. It's got to be a really taxing thing for anybody, but especially someone that is experiencing cognitive decline, as is Joe Biden. Back to my friend Steve Smotherman. The big difference that I see today, looking back at five years ago, compared to where we are today in our government at the national level, the big difference I see is the chaos the chaos. There was always chaos when Donald Trump was in the White House, even before he got there. He upset the apple cart of all those on the left because they just thought they were going to zoom on in to part three of the Obama administration with a Hillary Clinton for eight years. And Donald Trump messed it up. Trump messed it up. So they had about four years to try to get their ducks back in a row. There was no way they were going to undo all of those things Trump did, although they're trying to diligently. Joe Biden started on his first day when he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, and we no longer were energy independent. In fact, we're way, way, way away from that, about as far away as you can get there. Back to my friend Steve Smotherman. He had this famous saying that I've heard him say it several times, and I adopted it for me and for Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org, and also TNN Live. When you look at things in your world that the pieces just don't quite fit, when you're tired of trying to hammer a round peg into a square hole, when you need to start figuring things out that you can do to change the things in your life, if you're a Joe Biden, and in many cases, if you're a Democrat, the way you handle it is just to either do nothing at all or just keep griping about it and telling people you're doing something about it just to get them off your back. So what was that saying that I got from Steve Smotherman? Nothing changes if nothing changes. You want change? You need change? You need to do something different? 
No, you can't control the sources of all of the actions that come from everybody in your life. You can't do it. It's physically impossible. In fact, most of us, we struggle with being able to do that for just ourselves. And then we have a circle outside of that, which is our immediate family members. And if you're in business, own a company or whatever, the circle of at least the executive levels that work for you, and it trickles on out. But it's like throwing a rock in a pond. The ripples that they start in the middle where the rock hits the water, but they just, little bitty waves, ripples, they just go out from there. And that's what you have to do. But you're not in charge of the fourth or the tenth or the twentieth round ripple from when you threw the rock in the middle of that. You can't do it all. But you can and you need to begin the process by making the right decisions and taking the right actions, picking up the right stone, throwing the right stone at the exact perfect time to the exact perfect spot in the pond for the ripples to be most effective. Think about Joe Biden. Do you think he even has a hint of possibility of getting any of that done? No way. And the people around him, Democrats around him, I'm talking about the ones that lead in the House, Hakeem Jeffries in the Senate, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi still in the House, though she's not in the speaker position. And then all those people that are hired in the White House that serve him, the CEO, the commander-in-chief. Don't you know it's a tough job to do just what you're supposed to do in his administration? And every morning when you wake up, you realize you're going to work for somebody that really doesn't know where he is or what he's doing at least half the time. And we want the president of the United States. It doesn't matter who's in office. We want him to succeed in keeping our country in a good place economically, in standing around the world defensively, but also in just doing the right things every day, like enforcing the rule of law, holding all those accountable who don't do that, making sure that everybody is getting a fair shake, not equitably, not trying to go in there and feeling and acting like you're responsible for every decision anybody makes on a personal level. It's impossible. But creating or taking the structure that has already been created by lawmakers and pushing that out across the, the nation and making sure that everybody abides by everything as they are supposed to under the law. For Joe Biden looking ahead, is it going to be Donald Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ron DeSantis, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Who's going to be the next person that takes that position? If you think we're in a tough spot with Joe Biden, you take Joe Biden out of the picture, who do they put there? That's a scary one. Right now, a plurality of Americans are not confident that the Biden Justice Department is handling its investigation into 
Here's just one investigation. Hunter, in a fair and nonpartisan manner. Now, that's not coming from Fox News. It came from ABC News. The poll conducted Monday and Tuesday showed that 48% of Americans aren't confident in the investigation. And only 32% are confident. What that 32% number includes is Democrats. Most Democrats aren't confident that American people are being treated the same as is Hunter Biden. Of course, Stephen A. Smith at the top of the show, he just screamed and hollered at us and said, shut up, quit talking and griping about Hunter Biden. He's going to get a better deal than you are just because he's the son of a sitting president. That poll included a random national sample of 508 U.S. adults, and the margin of error was 4.7 points. So the appointment came after a sweetheart plea deal for Hunter Biden fell apart in court last month. We haven't forgotten prosecutors in Biden's defense team. They did not agree on whether the deal offered Biden immunity on everything else in perpetuity. And of course, that wasn't spelled out in the agreement, so I can answer it. No, that was not in the deal. It wasn't written there. And so it couldn't have been done. Well, they could have done it. And just like members of Congress were scolded when when one of our Supreme Court justices sat before the Judiciary Committee, Neil Gorsuch is the guy, and he chastised those attorneys on the House, uh, excuse me, the Senate Judiciary Committee, and he told them, the problem we have is you guys don't do your work. You're the ones that write laws. You're attorneys. Put everything in the law so that everybody knows what your intentions were, what you decided not to put in that bill that became law, rather than pushing it off on the court And then you pontificate when the court makes a decision that's based on precedent in the Constitution, and it doesn't go your way. Biden's defense team argued yesterday that the deal gave him immunity from future charges that stem from the investigation, while prosecutors said no such deal. Future charges were possible. And that disagreement became apparent when the questioning began by U.S. District Judge Mary Ellen Noriega for the District of Delaware. Noah Rothman, who's a National Review senior writer, highlighted the poll in a piece that was titled, The Hunter Biden Scandal is Breaking Through. He argued the poll showed that despite the liberal media not covering the investigation, it's still breaking through to the broader public who is forming the view that something untoward happened, in other words, corrupt. He wrote, in the absence of an argument that exculpates the Biden family, the public is reaching to the conclusion something rather untoward happened here. Untoward, in other words, unsettling, not quite right. Indeed, it's likely We're only learning about the scale of Hunter's misconduct because the inept attempt to cover it up fell apart upon first contact with the courtroom. That's an ugly narrative. If the polls are any indication, it's one which a growing number of voters believe. 
And I wanted to tell you that to let you know it's out there, but I wanted to open the door for conversation about what's going to happen in the Hunter Biden deal. What do you think is going to happen? You know what? We don't have many phone calls in the show. And we tell you all the time, maybe not all the time, but quite frequently, we, we would love to put you on the air, hear what your thoughts are on especially these very critical issues that we're going to be dealing with over the next 15 months when we get to that 2024 election. But on this one, I'd like to hear from you. And if you don't want to talk, drop me an email, dan at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. And if you want to call wherever you are, even internationally, we've got a toll-free number you can use. Toll-free, 1-866-TRUTH. 1-866-378-7884. If you want to call in and talk about what you think is going to happen between now and the 2024 election regarding Hunter Biden, regarding Donald Trump, regarding Joe Biden, let's have a conversation about it. It's my show. I get that. And we're going to talk about what I think is the important thing or things to talk about. But when I give you my perspective, it's based on the facts as I interpret them. And I'm no better than you. Share yours as well. I think we all need to hear from somebody other than the the host on this show. Did you hear that yesterday the CIA has been sued for working with the Biden campaign on that dirty 51 Intel letter that called Hunter's laptop Russian disinformation. Letter was signed by 51 former Intel officials back in 2020, right before the presidential election. It falsely claimed that Hunter's laptop had all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Government watchdog group Judicial Watch filed a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit last Thursday. Now, we've got a little bit about that coming from that that not-for-profit, Jay and Jordan Sekulow, but it's on another piece of this. But anyway, the CIA has been sued for what it did in helping to craft that letter from those 51 intelligence officials. The letter was signed by 51 back in 2020. A Republican report released in May showed the CIA was actively involved in getting people to sign that letter, which was a political operation to help elect Joe Biden in November. And every one of those 51 that have been confronted with it, they admit that, yep, we were trying to keep Donald Trump from getting back in the White House. So Judicial Watch filed a Freedom of Information Act Thursday, yesterday, after it failed to receive requested documents from the agency about the internal crafting of that letter. The GOP report alleges that one CIA employee may have helped in the effort to solicit signatures for the statement and accuses former Deputy CIA Director and Acting CIA Director Mike Morell and the Biden campaign of conspiring to quickly get the letter approved. One sign of the statement, former CIA analyst David Carrions disclosed to the committees that 
a CIA employee affiliated with the agency's pre-publication classification review board informed him of that statement and asked if he would sign it. The CIA employee allegedly asked Carrions if he would sign the statement, to which he agreed. The committees have requested more material from the CIA, which has ignored the request to date. On October 19, 2020, Morell sent the CIA the final version of the letter to that pre-publication classification review for review and called it a rush job so it could be approved. Now, put this, this that I just gave to you, put it in context. 51 former CIA leaders. Many of those 51 were former CIA directors, or several of them were. These are people that are in the know. These are people high up in our government. And yet, they either lied, knew about this being untrue, or didn't care if it was true or untrue, to the point that they said, what the heck, we're just going to go ahead and do it. And the principal fundamental had nothing to do with facts. It had, well, it did have something to do with facts, facts that they hated Donald Trump and didn't want him back in office. But it shows there is a culture in the intelligence community. We're now seeing it before our faces every few weeks in testimony from FBI agents and people from the Department of Justice. And now we're hearing about it. It's exposing the CIA. Is there any department in this administration that is full of, not just some, but full of honest people? Uncertain about what you see and hear in mainstream media? Worried about getting the truth? No worries anymore. Get the truth, only the truth, at TNN, the Truth News Network, at truthnewsnet.org. In the steel industry, we dedicate our careers to supporting this country, making products to build infrastructure and skylines, creating jobs, supporting families. And when domestic materials are used, the money stays in our communities. That's what really matters. These people, these places, that's worth supporting. You do your thing, and you do it well. Now, it's time to do it bigger. It's time for Shopify. Shopify makes it easy to set up your online store, expand into new sales channels, and bring your brand into the real world. Get everything you need to launch your business today with Shopify. I love going all natural. It just makes me feel better. Nothing between me and my 100% all-natural, juicy, grass-fed beef. Introducing the all-natural burger, the first ever in fast food. With no antibiotics, no added hormones, and no steroids. Only at Carl's Jr. 
District Judge Mary Ellen Norieka, remember her? She's the one that weighed in on that plea deal that had been approved by both sides, Hunter's lawyers and also by uh, the federal attorney up there in Delaware, Weiss, David Weiss. She's the one that looked at it, and she went bockers when it came before a court because it didn't make sense. They were going to let Hunter off would never be able to be faced with liability for some of the other illegal stuff he had done, he had done other than what was included in here that wasn't going to be held against him. A couple of counts of massive IRS fraud. When she looked at it, she said, do y'all really want to do this? Have y'all agreed to this? That there's no other charge either now or coming in the future that he's going to be charged with? He's going to have immunity from all of that? And they very sheepishly told her, yeah, that's what we meant. So they knew all that when they went into it. They all knew about it. Didn't tell the public about it. Didn't know anything about the terms of the plea deal. So federal prosecutors, those same ones, filed a motion last week that stated that Hunter's case will likely not resolve short of a trial and seeking to dismiss charges filed in Delaware given the fact the plea negotiations were at an impasse. Now, what does all this mean? Well, the prosecutor wrote the proper venue for the tax charges lies either in the Central District of California or in the District of Columbia. So why were they put in Delaware in the first place? Well, the DOJ is responsible for that. Hunter's initial plea deal would have had him plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges, those IRS fraud charges we told you about, and then to enter a diversion agreement allowing him to avoid going to jail for a felony gun charge. Deal fell apart, as we all know, during that July 26 hearing. But now we're told, and everybody gets excited, people that are really adherents to the rule of law and its enforcement, they look at what happened and they're excited. They're excited because now, by this case being dropped there in Delaware, filing charges in another district would bring Hunter Biden's case before a different judge than Naria Aka, who was an appointee of former President Donald Trump. She was confirmed in 2018 with support from Delaware's Democrat senators. Biden's DOJ wants to dismiss the charges against Hunter. Supposedly, now this is Arkansas Republican Senator Tom Cotton talking here, supposedly to refile them elsewhere, no doubt before some liberal judge who will rubber stamp a sweetheart deal. That's what Cotton tweeted out last week in response to the DOJ's motion. Remember, when Biden's DOJ and Hunter's lawyers met, they're not negotiating. They're conspiring. I couldn't have put it better myself. Hunter's lawyers wrote in an August 13 filing that the terms of his plea deal and pretrial diversion agreement were largely dictated by DOJ Prosecutors, did you hear that? That sweetheart deal, which also was going to exonerate him for anything in the future. 
it was done by David Weiss. Now, who's David Weiss? He's that federal prosecutor that Attorney General Merrick Garland just appointed as a special counsel on the Hunter Biden case. Special counsel David Weiss now responded to that August 13th filing we just told you about. He responded two days later, denying that the diversion agreement was still in effect and stated Biden's understanding of the agreement is included broad immunity was a problem entirely of their own making that did not result from drafting the agreements. If you believe that, I've got some beachfront property in Gaydon, Louisiana. I want to talk to you about buying from me. David Weiss is a very untruthful federal prosecutor. We've seen that again and again so far. Now, he's now the special counsel looking further into alleged wrongdoing by Hunter Biden. What does that mean? It means they're not going to find anything. They're going to delay, 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 just as they're doing now. You know, there's a special counsel that's been looking into Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents, 1,800 boxes of classified documents that no U.S. senator, no vice president should or could legally ever have in their possession. 1,800 boxes. That's all going to go away. You haven't heard not one sentence about that investigation, yet breathlessly, news media pundits on air on the left across the board and writers from the Post in Washington, the Times in New York, Chicago Trib, Los Angeles, they're all breathlessly talking again and again and again about Mar-a-Lago and the horrors of Donald Trump down there where he just walked all over the rule of law. No, he didn't. Everything that he did, he had constitutional authority that had been tested previously and proven that any president has unilateral authority to declassify any document he wants to and has authority to have them in his possession, as did Trump. We may never get to the bottom of that. So we've got all this Biden stuff. We've got all of this Ukrainian stuff. And then we have our homeless problem. We have our southern border issues. So guess what happened over the last couple of days out in L.A.? Los Angeles quietly shelled out $11.5 million. You know what for? To cover damages at a ritzy hotel that Gavin Newsom used to house illegals. $11.5 million in taxpayer money to cover damages at that luxury hotel that they turned into a homeless shelter. It's the Mayfair Hotel, which is a boutique facility in the heart of L.A. was turned into a temporary homeless shelter back in 2020 as part of former Democrat Mayor Eric Garcetti's Project Room Key initiative. 
The Mayfair suffered millions in damages over the course of two years, and staff and security assigned to the hotel routinely dealt with violent behavior, drug ODs, and property damage. Participant in Room 1516, this is one example of a report. Participant in Room 1516 threatened staff, security, destroyed property, screamed, yelled, cursed. Everything went wrong with her, inside and outside the building. That's from a 2022 email from a staff member assigned to the hotel. Around 10 a.m., a male in room 1526 assaulted another resident in room 726. That's from a 2022 email from a security guard. The situation was quickly broken up, and room 1526 occupant was escorted out by the cops. Reports from staff and security detail homeless residents at the hotel breaking windows, throwing objects out of them onto the street below, punching through walls, vandalizing bathrooms, and destroying countertops and televisions. Nurses assigned at the hotel, they described their exhausted efforts to deal with drug users and overdoses. One nurse noted it's like this every day after finding sheets of tinfoil used to consume fentanyl in one room. And the stories just go on and on and on and on. My question, my question to you is how long are the officials in these blue-collar states, how long is this going to go on before somebody's going to say enough's enough? We have not a clue what the cost in health care, in law enforcement, in medical care, not even mentioning the lives of those that are being trafficked coming across the southern border. Thousands and thousands of people. Do you know that we've had 50,000 people illegally come into the United States since the first of this month already? You didn't know that? You didn't listen to CNN or MSNBC or ABC, CBS, NBC News? You didn't listen to any of that because they're all over it. They're talking about it every day. Not so. They're not even mentioning it yet. What could possibly be afoot for this total 180-degree departure away from enforcement of legally passed immigration laws? That's the question, the only question anybody needs to ask to understand why it's being done. Now, it really doesn't matter in the scope of the law why it's being done. All that matters is it's being done, and the federal government is obligated by their role from the Constitution to enforce those laws, period. They don't have a right to do it, to not enforce the laws. They don't have that right. And if they're not enforcing the laws, they need to go. Where they have been elected, they need to be recalled. Where they've been appointed and hired by a mayor, a governor, they need to be fired. There's too much at stake. Way, way, way too much at stake. Things are not good over in the southeast, this latest mess that came out of Atlanta this week. I've never seen anything like it. Never. I've 
I'm pretty sure you haven't either, unless you came here from a banana republic, some other country that doesn't like this administration, doesn't believe in the rule of law and refuses to enforce it. Georgia state senator, one Georgia state senator, has called for an emergency session of the state house to review Willis's Trump indictment. Willis. That's a district attorney in Atlanta that brought those indictments against Donald Trump. Three days after that grand jury and her probe, Willis's probe on the state's 2020 elections handed down a 41-count indictment on Trump, 18 co-conspirators that alleges a criminal plot to overturn the election results. We haven't seen any evidence, none whatsoever, that even comes close to confirming those alleged situations. I am officially calling for an emergency session to review the actions of Fannie Willis. That's from GOP Senator Colton Moore. America's under attack. I'm not going to sit back and watch as radical left prosecutors politically target their political opponents. Trump and the others were indicted Monday night for engaging in a broad conspiracy, which includes allegations of racketeering to overturn the election results. Moore also said in his post that Willis should, if necessary, be impeached. He put out a petition for people to sign. The politically motivated weaponization of our justice system at the expense of taxpayers will not be tolerated. Well, it's a grand idea. It really is, sir. And I have respect for you, Senator Colton Moore. But we're in the minority on that. Don't expect anything to come from it. We Americans are going to have to be willing to take the most egregious opportunities to legally hold all these people accountable for lawbreaking. And I'm, I'm not talking about just just people in Georgia. I'm talking about people in the White House, people in the United States Congress, people everywhere in the United States. We all need to be held accountable. And that accountability needs to come directly from duly passed laws. Nobody in America is above the law. Nancy Pelosi said that so many times, referencing Donald Trump, it nauseated me when she she gave herself numerous times an exemption from that very same accountability for herself. They don't care about other people. It's all about them. Again, in some of this Trump stuff, U.S. District Judge Eileen Cannon down in Florida canceled a scheduled August 25th hearing, ordered a sealed hearing, on a request for a protective order under the Classified Information Protection Act in a case that the DOJ brought in Florida against Donald Trump. His aide, Waltine Nauda, and his Mar-a-Lago property manager, Carlos de Oliveira, for allegedly mishandling classified documents in all three on the cases and the charges that pled not guilty. The hearing will take place at a designated time and place to discuss sensitive security-related issues that are about classified discovery, the judge wrote. 
She ordered that any motion for a protective order to Mr. D. Oliveira needs to be filed by the 22nd of this month for consideration during the sealed hearing at which defendants aren't required to show up. So what is this all about? Well, it's about Jack, Big Jack Smith, the special prosecutor. Last month, he requested a protected order to restrict the information Trump's defense lawyers are able to share with him and his co-defendants. And so here's what he said as his justification. This case involves classified information. When classified information is involved, protective orders are to be issued whenever the government discloses any classified information to a defendant in connection with the prosecution. You remember three weeks ago, I told you this exact thing was going to happen. And there's no way because of this, that trial will be held in 2024. And it probably won't be held in 2025. It can't be because it's a federal case. It involves massive volumes of federal classified documents. And anybody and everybody that touches one of those Just one. I'm talking about secretaries, law clerks, attorneys, witnesses, their attorneys, their law clerks, their secretaries. Each one of those people has to go through an exhaustive federal classification investigation to determine if they can even see any of this stuff. These people, Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, maybe even Joe Biden, I don't know, but certainly Merrick Garland, our attorney general, they all knew this. This whole thing, attacking Trump, bam, 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 four times, a hundred plus Specific charges contained in those four indictments against him. Unprecedented. Trump's not afraid of in, uh, of any of these unprecedented things that the actions that have been taken against him. And they don't understand it. They don't understand him. He doesn't give a rip because he's sold out to the rule of law, the right thing, and to the American people. They knew this was not going to come to trial. They wanted the investigation going on during the election cycle to keep Donald Trump from being able to campaign. And then Jack Smith has filed these protective orders asking judges to not allow Donald Trump to talk about any of this stuff. How could that be justified? The only environment in which it would ever stand doesn't even exist in the United States of America. It might would happen in places like uh, Russia, China, North Korea, if they ever had trials in North Korea, but not here. They know that if the truth comes out, in great detail especially, doesn't matter who puts it out, but if truth in this all comes out, Democrat Party members, Democrats in leadership, and many, many people in the U.S. Congress are toast. 
Why is that? Thousands of them are directly involved in this massive witch hunt. And that's exactly what it is. A witch hunt. Again, against Donald Trump. You're juvenile, mate. Everyone has one. The guy that's fun to be around, but he's dangerous to be around. You've got to keep him away from your things, like your tools, your gadgets, and your girlfriend. So before you get your juvenile mate around, get your lips around a dare iced coffee. The real Arabica and Robusta coffee kick will tell you what to do. Hire a jumping castle. Hours of fun for kids of all ages. A dare iced coffee fix will fix it. Off to gang and showtime. Uh, do you know this guy? I'm not going to cry, am I? Only if you don't believe in the power of friendship. Really? You guys are good. <laughs> movies right when you want them. Watch unlimited movies instantly for only nine bucks a month from Netflix. That's so cute, it's stupid. Ladies, we ask your forgiveness. Please forgive our immaturity. Our outbursts of tacky compliments. Forgive our browser history. Forgive our hormones taking control of us. Forgive us for thinking an open shirt is the ultimate weapon of appeal. Forgive us for opening our beers like primates. Forgive for taking a no as a yes for insisting on playing a guitar that doesn't exist. And please, forgive us for never washing our hands, ever. Schneider, the beer with the exact maturity of the man who's in the process. Uncertain about what you see and hear in mainstream media? Worried about getting the truth? No worries anymore. Get the truth only the truth at TNN, the Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org. Now, we could just go crazy here and start denigrating the uh, CIA, the NIH, the FBI. We could do that, and we do it when it's legitimately expected and it it needs to be discussed, but I'm not going to go there. What I am going to do is I'm going to talk to you about something that just happened out on the West Coast. Ten Bay Area cops, ten of them in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, out there, Northern California, were arrested over the last few days by the FBI. Now, what could this be about? LOL. Putting a pistol in someone's mouth and telling them to stop stealing isn't illegal. It's an act of public service to prevent further victims of crimes. That is a text message allegedly sent from one Antioch police officer in 2020 to another. One of a number of text messages found in one of four unsealed indictments released on Thursday by the United States Attorney's Office. Let me be clear. Color of law violations will not be tolerated. That from FBI Special Agent in Charge Robert Tripp, referring to someone in an official position who deprives someone else of their constitutional rights, which is what is being alleged in many of these documents. The indictment describes how defendants boasted about their illegal uses of force in text messages between one another. 
within these four indictments, nine sworn police officers and one community officer with not only the Antioch Police Department, but the Pittsburgh Police Department as well. As to some of the charges. Conspiracy to violate wire fraud, conspiracy to distribute anabolic steroids, wire fraud, numerous civil rights violations, destruction, alteration and falsification of records in federal investigations and obstruction of justice. The indictment shows numerous text messages discussing use of force on individuals. In 2020, one officer texts this to another. LOL, what did you get? Then, a derogatory term for a person of color. In another alleged text, an officer writes, I walked out the tent and game-planned how to expletive him up. Went back and did justice. Wish you were there inside a tent with no cams. Collectively, these four indictments describe a group of officers who acted as though they were above the law. One of the indictments also alleges that an officer used his personal cell phone to tip off the target of a wiretap. Eight of these officers have already had first appearances in court. Two more will have that soon. These crimes have maximum sentences of 10 to 20 years in jail if convicted. J.R. Stone, ABC 7 News. ABC News. What Fox News? What Newsmax? ABC News. What does that mean? Let me just say this. One would think this kind of stuff was happening every day. The kind of stuff happening every day I'm referencing is that people that work at the national level in law enforcement, FBI, every day would be ferreting out, finding and holding these people accountable. We never hear about these things. We never hear about the FBI arresting the bad guys. We don't ever hear anything about it. It's all lumped in together. The only time we ever hear or see any of this happen is when it's for PR purposes. The basic reason I wanted you to hear this story and for us to talk about it for a second, it's the FBI. Now, put in context what's been happening with the FBI over the last six weeks, two months. Well, it's been happening for a whole lot longer than that, but we haven't heard much about it until the last six months or so. FBI Director for Christopher Wray has been in front of congressional committees being grilled, hard, probing questions about FBI operations. And Ray tried his best to deflect any obligation that he might feel to answer truthfully the questions that he was asking in, in those hearings. And he got busted again and again and again and again. He was supposed to be the antithesis of James Comey, his predecessor. Comey bragged about breaking classified laws when he turned over notes of private meetings and conversations with President Trump to a friend of his to leak to the press. All of that is federal crime. When this kind of crap is normalized among the highest and most powerful people in law enforcement in the world, when they normalize all of this, thumb your nose at the rule of law. We don't have to follow the law. We're the FBI. We're the CIA. 
We're the Department of National Intelligence. We don't have to listen to any of this. We tell them what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Even if they don't like it, it's going to happen. I wanted you to hear about these arrests taking place. Why is it? I don't think there's any substance to it. Now, the these cops apparently did some bad stuff. When I say no substance, nobody's going to go to jail for that. They take care of each other in the FBI. And in many cases, in local and state law enforcement operations, it's the same thing. When the rule of law is missed and it's missing, when things like this are happening or things where there's rampant criminality and nothing happens, like every day at our southern border, it points to something bigger and nastier and more deadly than what we are actually seeing. It means the rule of law, the structure that was built 240 years ago into the United States, the fabric of this nation, that's all either gone or it's broken and nobody's paying any attention to it or using any of it in their jobs, which they're supposed to use all day, every day when they work for the American people. But they're just not doing it. It's not just the Black Lives Matter riots, the Antifa riots. It's not just protesting in Washington, D.C. It's not just the insurrectionists that were there at the Capitol on January 6th in 2020. It's not about that. Those are just big public examples of this going on. It's going on behind our backs, below the radar screen, and they never want to talk about it unless they can use it to further their narrative. They, there, being the FBI, the CIA, the DNI, and other intelligence agencies. Don't think any of them are sold out to the rule of law. There are some that are. I used to say there are a bunch that are. Most of them are. I don't even know that. I don't even say that anymore. I'm pretty sure there are some. I know there's at least one. I have a close friend that's a former FBI field office director. He's in the process of retiring. He's going to retire in a year. He's still with the FBI, still working, great guy. I hate to see him go because there aren't that many of these people out there, far fewer than there should be. I can promise you that. So we started the show today talking about Donald Trump, talking about what he's facing, what's in it that's of substance, what it is, what is in it that is just simply trying its efforts to push forward a political objective that is not based on facts or truths, but based on political thuggery, the weapons perpetrated and handed out daily 24-7 by the legacy media, all those things, they're not going to change. And we're not going to talk about them every day. They're important, and when they come up and there are certain specific instances that you need to know about, we're going to tell you about it. 
But we're making a commitment. I'm making a commitment to, to you of going forward. As we do this run-up to 2024, we're not going to get into the political pontification. We're just not going to do it. We're going to let others, experts, pick those balls up and hit them out of the park. Anything on those counts that come from us, it's opinion. There's nothing wrong with opinions. But experts, experts, real experts, have a better opportunity to communicate and make us think things that are not just opinions, but include matters that are directly related to the law and the accountability for not performing under those laws. And that kind of stuff is happening now by people in justice. This mess that happened down in Georgia, it's the epitome of all that. Jay and Jordan Sekolo, these are two great attorneys. And their organization is really deep into exposing these things, looking up and getting and presenting facts to all of the American people. Here's their latest. The fourth Trump indictment came down, and it's a doozy. Very different. This one is the, the, the multi-year, multi-client, multi-count. It's the most, most com- complicated. Most complicated? Will take the longest. Can you? A president cannot pardon himself from a state cause of action. So you've got that ramification, folks. This is what I predicted at the Supreme Court in the United States on behalf of President Trump three years ago, and it's coming true now. Take a listen. The Second Circuit is wrong and should be reversed. If not reversed, the decision weaponizes 2,300 local DAs. An overwhelming number of them are elected to office and are thereby accountable to their local constituencies. The decision would allow any DA to harass, distract, and interfere with the sitting president. It subjects the president to local prejudice that can influence prosecutorial decisions and to state grand juries who can then be utilized to issue compulsory criminal process in the form of subpoenas targeting the president. This is not mere speculation. It is precisely what has taken place in this case and with this subpoena we challenge. I said that almost three years ago, and I mean, I'm not a prophet, but boy, was I right. And now what they've done, in addition to going after President Trump so they can knock him out politically, they're going after the lawyers, whose job it is is to defend people. And I think this is one of the greatest attacks on liberty we have seen in our lifetime. You saw very clearly that this was a bad precedent and that if it went forward, it would allow local DAs who are hungry for political life. They're hungry for media attention. They're wanting bigger jobs. They're wanting statewide jobs. But what you did is you warned everyone that if this went forward, we would have local DAs wreaking havoc on the justice system. I could tell you as a lawyer, I'm in, I read this thing twice last night, once this morning. I am incensed by the allegation of 41 counts, most of which are lawyers doing their job. You realize most of the defendants here are lawyers. Yep. Yeah, I was going through I, it. I, I, mean, I, I want everybody to hear that. They've gone after the lawyers, saying that the lawyers were involved in a racketeering influence corrupt organization scheme on the election, and they were advocating legal positions. What this Georgia DA is trying to do in Fulton County 
is is take a, is scare attorneys yes. from taking cases. That's exactly and that correct. That is not America. That is Russia. That is, and that's not even maybe even Russia today. That's communist Russia. That's like Stalinism. The practice of law now is dangerous yeah, if you're representing a movement. And I've represented movements my whole life. They would say, oh, you know, represent the terrorists. That's a duty of the equal justice of the law. Represent Donald Trump. Uh, you're also a criminal. But but th- take that theory further. If they get away with doing this this time, again, people won't be able to find attorneys. People then will not be able to defend themselves in We're court. We're having trouble people finding lawyers to defend the lawyers right now. You know right what will ultimately happen is they shut you up. It's repulsive. It's repulsive because what they've done, they figured it out, the left. Go after the lawyers. If you can go after the lawyers, you end the fight. Because there's no one there to stand up in the breach. We're supposed to be the bulletproof vest of our clients. You can't do that when they're threatening you and putting you in jail. They've taken the lack of respect. I could deal with that. But now they've taken the lack of respect to mean you're a criminal if you don't agree with our position. You're a criminal if you advocate a position that ultimately a court says is wrong. It's. I, I thought it was always always okay to come up with novel legal legal arguments. Take them These to court and see if you win. These are novel by Supreme Court law clerks. Yeah. These are smart law people. Professors. Harvard law professors, deans of law schools. They, they may not have been right, but the day that a lawyer cannot represent their clients zealously, which is what our ethics require us, is a sad day for America. They want to try all of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, 19 defendants at the same time. Put them all the- Plus a bunch of unindicted co-conspirators. She wants She wants a show. She wants, she wants the, to she be wants, president. She wants the Fanny show Fannie Willis trial. wants to be the next governor of Georgia, because Stacey Abrams done probably, and then run for president. That's what this is. Yep. And she wants to put them all in a box. Like knock, knock, she, knock out your adversary and then knock out the lawyers. I, mean, I, I feel them. like the way that they would do this, they'd all be in a box like a criminal gang. I think that's right. I mean, that's how she wants them sitting in court, yeah. right? Yeah. All together. like Dangerous, the, dangerous, dangerous. I mean, you just see that. What imagery do we see like that still? Russia. Lawyers come up with theories. That's what we do. We answer hypotheticals that are insane half the time when you were writing your exam. For this very purpose. And like Jordan, you said, 250 years, half of these questions haven't been answered by the Supreme Court yet. No, and there's always going to be new questions because there's new ways of speech. and the, the, the new way of speech, these social media outlets, these social media outlets aren't actually a public forum. They're private forums. Right. And yet they're private forums where you're saying, oh, it's great. I'm watching a hearing on a television channel. That's part of a RICO case now. But going after the people who are willing to defend you. None of this. None of it makes any sense according to the rule of law. None of it does. But what has been created over the last few decades is an environment where it becomes a little easier every few months, every year, that it's okay. You can pick and choose what things in the law you feel are important, what things are not important, you can ignore those that you choose, not because that's right, not because it's illegal, not because you didn't make a promise, a commitment to those who elected you to follow the law and always follow the law and hold anybody and everybody that doesn't follow the law accountable for their actions. You can't just do that, but the more that you do it and you don't even get a slap in the hand, That just must mean, hey, it's okay to break this law. It's okay. I'm not going to be held accountable for it, so that must mean just go for it. If you don't want to enforce it, if you don't want to hold them accountable, 
if you're going to let it just be okay to do all these things and other things like it, well, we'll just fly by the seat of our pants, no accountability. We're all going to have a great Halloween and Christmas because we just get to do whatever we want to. That's where we find ourselves today. This Donald Trump thing, this issue, those two impeachments where both of them and both of them, he was exonerated by the Senate. Those were just the beginning. It's getting hotter and more vile every day. From Krakow to Grand Island, Milan to Hanoi, this is TNN, the Truth News Network. We got you something. It's a deep, deep dish pepperoni and bacon pizza, and we gift wrapped it with over three and a half feet of bacon. You've been working so hard. We love you. Get a Little Caesars large bacon wrap deep deep dish pizza for just 12 bucks. Try our convenient app and pizza portal pickup. Pizza, pizza. 35 years after the original movie, Fox is bringing you back to where it all began. Nobody puts baby in the corner. This is the real Dirty Dance. Yeah. Eight celebrities compete to become the real baby and Johnny. Where my Johnny is? Some will rise. Some will fall. All will have the time of their life. The Real Dirty Dancing four-week event starts Tuesday at 9 on Fox 5. Yo, some people think it don't make sense that I'm a horse whisperer. Fancy prance, yo! But you know what else don't make sense? Bye. I mean, it's good for you, but still somehow tastes amazing. Sideways fancy prance, you heard? Yeah. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop. Yo, I just whispered all of y'all. Too easy. Why? Five calories, antioxidants, and tastes amazing? None of this makes sense. You know what's interesting as we get into full-blown 2024 presidential campaign time and these candidates are just going crazy up in Iowa They've been up on the East Coast already, and we think, you know, it must be just around the corner. Well, it's not just around the corner, but before we know it, it's going to be here. 15 months and two weeks, and it'll be election time again. Wow. we got to get a lot of ducks in the row between now and then, and that's what we're going to do here every day going forward. Going to try too much as possible, take the emotion out of the equation, and just talk about facts talk about facts. Here's one that nobody's really speculated about, I don't think. A columnist out at the Los Angeles Times has floated replacing Senator Dianne Feinstein with now Vice President Kamala Harris and then find a better running mate for 2024 than Kamala Harris for Biden. That columnist George Skelton floated a scenario that he thinks could cure Democrat woes across multiple elected offices. If Feinstein retires midterm and Governor Gavin Newsom appoints Vice President Kamala Harris to her seat, then Joe Biden can just go find a more appealing running mate for 2024. The idea, which, by the way, Skelton, this columnist, endorsed in his article yesterday, but admitted is far-fetched, It came from one Los Angeles Times reader 
who sent the idea to Skelton, the columnist. If the unlikely hypothetical scenario ever were to happen, it would send shockwaves through California and national politics. It really would. Nothing like this has ever happened. For starters, replacing Feinstein with Harris would be a positive for Democrats on a bunch of fronts. This is according to Skelter. The 90-year-old Feinstein, whose daughter reportedly has power of attorney over her legal affairs, has appeared of late to be confused at times following her return from a health-related absence in March in which she missed more than 90 votes. This came after the New York Times reported last summer that Democrats were struggling to keep her declining mental health under wraps. It would also help Biden in repurposing his unpopular vice president, who has been no stranger to criticism for her awkward gaffes and many times ununderstandable statements. For reference, her average approval rating on 538 pings about 39%, while a majority of 52% disapprove of what she's doing. In other words, she's 12 points underwater. From there, Biden could pick a Democrat seen as a better asset for a running mate. If Harris were to take over Feinstein's term, which ends in 2025, and then run for re-election, it could set up a four-way race between her, Adam Schiff, Barbara Lee, and Katie Porter, all of California, all of whom have declared their candidacies. It would be a high-stakes contest where three of the prominent Democrats would be out of public office for at least a full election cycle. Must be honest about that. That really is palatable to me. I'd like every one of them gone. But here's the deal. Feinstein has given no indication she is even keen on leaving her post Her post before her time is over. Her office only announced she was not going to seek re-election after Porter pressured her by launching a Senate campaign. Biden would serve as a central player in a major shakeup like this if it happens. But persuading Feinstein isn't going to be too easy. Biden would need to invite her into the Oval Office for a heart-to-heart. She's been a terrific senator with lots to be proud of, but it's time to let go for the country's sake, the states, and her own. He'd urge, speaking as a longtime senator himself and a former colleague, this is Skelter, the columnist talking. Skelter noted that coaxing Harris out of the VP role would be an even taller task as she would need to be pushed, uh, dumped, (laughs) in other words. And most Americans would be happy to see that happen. In fact, they'd like her to just go away, forget about being a senator from California again. Some interesting happenings this week, very quietly, didn't hear much about it, over in the Middle East. Israel has sealed a landmark Aero 3 missile defense deal with Germany. Israel confirmed the landmark sale of the Aero 3 hypersonic missile defense system to Germany on Thursday and the country's single biggest military deal worth about $3.5 billion. This system, the Aero 3, 
It's an interceptor designed to down ballistic missiles above the Earth's atmosphere. Supersonic stuff. It's jointly developed and produced by the Israel and the United States. The latter's approval was sought and given for the deal to move forward. Israel's defense ministry said in a statement, our State Department had notified it of the Pentagon's approval for Germany to procure the Arrow 3 system. Interesting. The Israeli Ministry of Defense, German Federal Ministry of Defense, and Israel Aerospace Industries will sign the landmark $3.5 billion defense agreement, marking Israel's largest ever defense deal. This announcement added senior officials from the Israeli and German defense ministries would sign a letter of commitment to the deal with the preliminary payment of $600 million. With its exceptional long-range interception capabilities, operating at high altitudes above the atmosphere, Aero 3 stands at the top interceptor of its kind. The system employs a hit-and-kill approach for intersecting incoming threats. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, quoted in the statement, called the agreement the largest in Israel's history. Now, this is a really important defense deal. This is a really important thing to happen for any free countries, especially countries in Europe and the Middle East. Why is that? Russia and China both have perfected those long-range supersonic missiles that current stuff in the marketplace to defend against those missiles are not very effective. And one can just imagine a scenario in which Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin get PO'd at somebody in the U.S. government and just decided to push the button. And it would just be Katie, bar the door. Nothing could be done to defend any of our continent, any other place on the planet for that matter. This is just one more example of how the United States under Joe Biden has just let all of its military might wither away. And it's got to be readdressed. Speaking of readdressing things, Interesting yesterday, nobody nobody mentioned any of this. I just happened to find this accidentally. Former President Trump had a conversation with Kudlow of Fox News. And they talked about not pontification about what's going on in Trump's world and how it's another witch hunt or any of that. Trump talked to Larry Kudlow about Trump's plan to lower our energy costs. And I'm going to let you listen to this conversation on the other side of it. I've got some very important things to tell you about this, this very story. Unfortunately, as you pointed out, the country is in decline right now. But I think if I know you, you believe that this can be rescued. You, you, there's an optimistic, positive vision in a second term, a second Trump presidency that can stop the decline and move us back on the yeah. on the high beam. Can we end on that note? Give we us can, a couple of think, quick thoughts. Yeah, I say we're going to make America greater I than I mean, growth before. is part of it, but yeah. there are other things that you've discussed. And I, can I just add one thing, sir? I don't think people know this. Your campaign, you and your advisors in the campaign, 
You're putting out all these great videos. You're putting out white papers on issues left and right. And millions of people are reading this stuff. I mean, you're running an issues-oriented campaign. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about this yeah. stuff today. So we can pull up from this decline. Yeah, we can. In fact, the nice part is we're dealing in person. Normally, I just put it up on a screen and I put it out. But we're doing it in person, which is even mm -hmm. nicer and better because you're asking great questions. Uh, we can make America great. We have some problems. Uh, I think you're going to have 15 million people in our country that you didn't have a couple of years ago, not 4 million or 5 million. I think it's a much bigger number. Many of these people are from prisons and they're from uh, mental institutions and they're terrorists. And we have to get them out. We have to get them out. We can't live with them. And so that is something that is a big job. That's a big job. That's a very important job. But we have Tom Holman and we have all these great people that are so good at this. You know, I had the safest border in the history of a country. Now we have the worst border. But we'll do that. But we will get this country rocking and rolling with energy. We're going to get the energy cost down. You know, New England pays the highest energy cost practically anywhere in the world, all because of stupid energy policy. And yet they vote, they tend to vote Democrat. I mean, somebody's got to explain to them what's going on. Uh, you'll be able to buy an electric car, but you're going to be able to buy every form of car that's made. You've got to have choice, like in school. We want school choice. We want, we want choice for buying cars and washing machines and dry, all of this stuff. I mean, the dishwashers, they were telling me, you have to run it five times because it hasn't got enough water. So what they do, on, on, on. They end up using more water. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. This can be changed. You know, to a large extent, everything you and I talk about is common sense, right? Mm. Uh, and we have a lot of common sense. I love that. And uh, the problem is the, they don't have common sense. They don't know what they're doing, and they're destroying our country. We'll turn it around fast. Thank you. Mr. President, good luck. God bless. That is a important conversation to be had. Let me ask you this. How many similar conversations have you heard on any or all of the networks coming from President Biden and people that are talking to him about specific things that are critical to every American, like the cost of energy? The other day, I talked to you and I told you about a conversation that I overheard between a real climatologist, a real scientist about climate and climate change. And this is, this is a guy that talked only about the facts. And he talked about the politicization that we've all been subjects of going on now for decades where the climate activists, they're in it for a bunch of different reasons, but not to save the world like they tell us over and over and over again they're there for. But they try to weaponize all of that information to turn it in to a really big financial boondoggle for them. Al Gore is a prime example. He parlayed losing a presidential election into owning Al Jazeera the number one major Arabic television network that is now owned by the hardcore um, ISIS people in the mid Middle East where he made tens of millions of dollars. He parlayed that from him labeling himself the expert, number one expert on earth about climate change. And now 
Kerry. John Kerry has supplanted Al Gore and taken on that uh, that moniker himself. No facts there. It's just that's what he wants to be spewing his venom against all Americans and every other country on the planet because we don't care enough to stop, reduce our carbon emissions and save the world. We're all going to die if we don't do that. I could spend all day talking to you about that. But the scientist, he made some very key points. And I wanted to point these out to you. I mentioned it the other day, but in detail, here's what he said. The United States is the most successful country on the planet now at reducing every year our carbon emission. And in that conversation he was having, that interview that he was having, the guy interviewing him asked and said, to what do you attribute this success? And the scientist said, it comes from the ability, our ability to provide cost-effective energy to our people in our nation. And he was referencing everything that was going on before the Biden administration when Trump was still in office. And he said, one thing nobody wants to talk about in this administration is gas, natural gas, has been devised and refined in its production over and over, over a number of years, and it burns very cleanly and has got to be reclassified. It needs to already be classified as clean energy because it is. And as our use of clean gas, natural gas, is used more and more and more, our carbon emissions are going down and will continue to go down. And the interviewer asked him about where does this fall in the pecking order of importance when we're dealing with climate change? And he said this, we'll never get India. We'll never get China. We'll never get Russia. We'll never get Indonesia. We'll never get any of these nations on board to do substantive things to reduce their own carbon emissions. And as their populations continue to grow and they become the largest polluters on the planet, which they are already in that category, and they're not doing thing about it, what we've got to do is take care of our business, not the world's business. And he said the number one task for leadership going forward in this nation, the biggest, greatest danger is if our leaders don't find not just one way, but real and multiple ways to provide cost-effective energy for the American people, sufficient to take care of us and to have excess left to help out other countries in the world, our allies and poorer countries that can't do that for themselves. What a novel idea. Let's do something that's good for the nation, it's good for the world, and not worry about garnering political power by what we do. I hope you had a good week, and I had a good week because you were here with us, many of you, all week long. I want you to have a good weekend and join us again Monday morning. We're here every Monday through Friday morning at 9 a.m. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend, and thanks for joining us at TNN Live. I stay out too late. Got nothing in my brain. 